Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Letting go, a term we hear often and advice that's given in many situations. It's time to let go. You need to let go. You're hurting because you aren't letting go. Like many words of wisdom, we can feel the idea resonate somewhere within us, intrigue us in some way. But the question always becomes, what does letting go actually mean and how do we let go? Our guest today, Jill Scherer-Murray, is a TEDx speaker and influencer, author, blogger, coach, and founder of Let Go For It, a lifestyle brand dedicated to helping individuals let go for a better life. She is an award-winning journalist and communications leader whose TEDx talk, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go, has been viewed by more than 1.5 million people and grows by the thousands each day. And she is the author of her upcoming book, Big Wild Love, The Indestructible Power of Letting Go, which will be out in May. I am thrilled and honored to be here with you today, Jill. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me and with the Worthy community. I'm so happy to be here, Jen. Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait to have this conversation for our listeners. So we are going to jump right in because I know that this time with you is so valuable and there is going to be so much wisdom. So, (laughs) Uh well, that's really nice of you to say. Yeah. I mean, let's start with your story. If you could just share with our listeners a little bit about who you are. Sure. So I, when I was in my thirties and my early forties, I was in a very long relationship, 12 years to be exact with a wonderful, wonderful man who at the end of the day and most of the years, even in between just didn't want what I wanted. So it was kind of a tale, Jen, as old as time, right? Mm. I was in my mid thirties. I, you know, thinking about getting married and, he was just, you know, a great guy. And I didn't want to leave him. And I thought, you know, everything is so great. And so I sort of tiptoed my way around those conversations. But I knew for a very, very long time that we just wanted very different things. And I literally stayed in that relationship for 12 years. And at the end of the day, you know, had this monster epiphany, which I talk about in my TEDx talk that told me, you know what, I just can't do it anymore. I have to, I have to let go. It's never going to be, it's never going to happen what I want to happen. And I knew it for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but I, I didn't have the tools that I needed to be able to walk away and say it was time to let go. Mm -hmm. But ultimately I did when I was 41. So I did that. And, um, I went on to find, what I ultimately wanted, but, uh, letting go was really very, I say, I say this all the time about it, you know, letting go is very hard in the short term, but it is transformational if you do it in the long term. And that certainly was the case for me. You know, it's so interesting what you say in your story, you know, a tale as old as time, because, you know, it's so true for so many of us and it's right around, you know, those, the, you know, mid thirties, you start to see who you really are and what you've sort of been not paying attention to within yourself. And like you said, it takes some time though to gather those tools and the ability to actually find your way and let go. Absolutely. And I think, 
I mean, for one thing, you know, life just goes on. Mm-hmm. And so much of what we do is we get very wrapped up in the day to day of our lives. And we, we say, well, that, you know, we'll look at that later, or we still have time or, you know, but I just need to get through this. I know for me, and what I hear from so many women that have reached out to me and written to me after seeing my talk is, you know, there's, they don't want to really look at the truth of their situations, because even though they know it so deep in their guts that, I, this is not going to take me where I want to go. Yeah. We're so focused on the moment and that's, and we get so many mixed messages about that, right? Like we have to live in the moment, but you know, we also want the things that we want. And so we just kind of go along and I always say this, Jen, but you know, my, my ex was a really wonderful guy. So it was very hard because for us, the biggest thing was that we just didn't want the same things. Mm-hmm. So I keep putting off, well, you know, this is okay. This is fine. You know, marriage is just a piece of paper. What does it mean anyway? And, you know, listen, there's no one right or wrong way to have life and love, but it's it's about what you want. And yeah. I knew that I always wanted to at least have the experience of marriage. And it took me a very long time. And this really was the key and what I see for so many women that I I really had to come to that place of accepting responsibility and learning how to love myself enough to believe that not only that what I wanted was available to me, but that I deserve to have it. That is huge. That is such a huge statement. And I think that it sounds so simple, but when you're in (laughs) it, it's like, we really have a hard time claiming what is inherently ours. Yes. We don't know that we need to go there. We don't know that we have to do that exploratory work. You know, letting go really at the heart of letting go, Jen, is risk. And so we need the courage and the confidence to take those risks in order to be bold in our lives and in our relationships. And if we don't have the ground under our feet to do that, and I call, you know, the ground under our feet is that self-love, right? It's what I call big, wild love. It's the belief that anything we want, I mean, barring you know, barring the limitations of space and time and biology, but that anything that we want is really possible for us. And so for me, I had to kind of come to that reckoning moment that A, I just couldn't stay here anymore. And B, I had to look now at myself and why I stayed for so very long. What was I getting from being in that relationship that was never going to take me where I wanted to go that was serving me? And that's really about, you know, doing our own work. And and I can tell you that, you know, the women I talk to, so many of them, and I say this with no judgment whatsoever because I was absolutely there, Mm -hmm. but we spent a lot of time evaluating the actions of our partners. So true. do this, but he's scared, but he really loves me, but he this, and he said this, but he didn't do this. But our focus is, is way off because we need to be looking at ourselves and saying, why am I still here? Why is this okay for me? And Mm -hmm. 
you know, it doesn't have to be about judgment of the other person, but it's really what are we here to get and to learn. And if we can consistently be that self-aware, cultivating the ground under our feet, that big wild love that we need to continue to take those risks to let go and be bold, then we'll always have a tool that will get us to the next place in life Mm. to get us unstuck. So we're never really stuck for all that long. I love that. I love that. Let's kind of break this down, right? Because everyone always says, right? Like, you know, you, you just have to let go. You know, you're, you know, you're not letting go. Oh, you got to let go of that, right? Like it's one yep. of those terms that you hear all the time. Everyone says it as if we're supposed to just know what, what it means and how to do it. But right. it's, it's really, I think, a, a lot more wisdom involved in it. So what does it actually mean to let go? Right. Yes. It's a process. And, you know, I hear it all the time. I mean, people sing me that Frozen song constantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, um, and it's true, you know, we just say, Oh, let it go, shrug it off. But, mm-hmm. You know, so, so it's, it's a process. Okay, so letting go, in my mind is a very binary equation. It's, you know, you make a choice, it's really about a choice. So you can either hold on in a situation or experience where you're not satisfied, or you're, maybe you're feeling like, restless or you can feel kind of in your body that something is not right you know in your gut of guts if you're truly listening to your own voice above all others your mothers your cousins your ex-boyfriends or just the pressures of convention right Mm. if you know that there's something wrong and it's time for you to explore the idea of letting go even if you're not fully ready to do it but you're holding on so that's your first choice and it's a choice or you can just let go. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's really truly detaching or beginning the process of detachment from that thing that is keeping you stuck where you don't want to be. And it's not about I'm going to let go by figuring out how to cope inside this situation, or I just need to accept that this is the way that it is, or I just need to give up hopes that my relationship will ever be what I want or that I'll ever be able to move past it. Mm. So that's not letting go. That's all these other things. It's accepting, coping, normalizing, giving up. But letting go is really about truly, truly about detachment. And because it's about detachment, it's not as easy as when people kind of shrug their shoulders, let it go, let it go. It's really a process. And it's a process that I can tell you, I mean, I come back to over and over again as someone who, after giving my talk and going through all the things I have, has had to kind of become my own best student. Mm. It's not ever a one-time thing. We're, We're constantly letting go and needing to let go in our lives. You know, things that we thought we long let go of, as long as we are alive and life changes and new circumstances and people and situations come to us, we're always going to have to be very aware and vigilant of the things that we had to let go of in the past. Cause they keep, you know, sort of like I say, like old wounds are always looking for new ways to find, you know, to find their way home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's really a process that you learn and you use it as a tool throughout life to just keep moving forward towards the things you want and get yourself unstuck when you find yourself in that place. 
I love that you say it's a daily choice because I think sometimes we are led to believe or want to believe that, you know, we're going to let go and that's going to be it, or we're going to forgive and that's going to be that. And, but it's really every day it's waking up and making the choice and doing the work and, you know, whatever it takes to do that, that day being committed to the process. That's huge. Absolutely. You know, I love what you're saying because it really is about choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so much of it is about, do you really want to let go of this? Right. And you said something before that I think is a great question for people to ask themselves when they're wondering, you know, do you really want to let go of this? How, you know, what are you getting out of it? Right. How is it serving you? Because if you're there, even if it's awful, right, you're getting something. Right. So what is that? That's right. So instead of looking, if you're in relationship, looking to let go, instead of constantly being so focused on this other person, these things outside of you and why they're doing what they're doing, we need to, we need to reverse the lens Mm -hmm. and we need to really look at ourselves and say, you know, what was I getting from that? You know, I stayed in that relationship with my ex for so long, because there was an element of safety. You know, I I saw my friends dating and going out in the world and having all these experiences that I didn't want to have. I'd had them in my 20s. I had horrible boyfriends. And, you know, it was very painful and frustrating. And here I found this wonderful man who for all intent and purposes was very good to me. And my friends would be like, where did you find this guy? He's so wonderful. And he's smart. and He's handsome and, and doting. And he was all of those things, but there was still always that something missing. But I thought, well, no, but at least I have someone. Mm -hmm. At least I'm not alone. And I had the belief that I was raised with and society reinforced, you know, that I had to be this perfect size six to be loved, Mm -hmm. which I was not, you know. And if I was, then I wasn't. I was, you know, all those different fluctuations that we have. And I thought, but this man is always there. Yeah. You know, he loves me no matter what, who else is going to do that. But then I had to really look at myself when I got to that moment, that epiphany moment that I talk about in my, in my talk and say, no, I, I really need to focus and work on this because he, he wasn't, he didn't have me changed to an iron bed, Jen. I could have left at any time. Yeah. Chosen to say, I love you and I'm sad this isn't going to work, but I wish you well and I need to move on. But I couldn't do that until I had no other choice. And then I had to look at that limiting belief and all the other things and voices in my head that I heard that were stopping me from moving forward. And I had to be really prepared. And these are these are all the things I talk about as starting to form the foundation, the big wild love that we need to move forward, which is, you know, we have to be ready to feel bad. And so many people, they don't want to feel bad. They don't want to stand in that pain or the terror or whatever it is, wherever they are. If they're, you know, if they're in the wake of divorce and they're looking at all the things they accumulated as a result of divorce and they're like, "I, I can't let this thing go you know, I can't, I mean, worthy, I can't let this ring go because, because it just, it holds so much for me. 
we really need to take a step back and and be prepared to let those things go because that really is freedom. And that's when you can move forward and invite in the things that we really want that will bring us the joy and the happiness that we're seeking, no matter what the situation is. Yeah. You know, and I was going to ask you, why do you think it's so hard for people to let go? And I think you really kind of spoke about that so beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like no matter how uncomfortable the situation we're in or, you know, how painful or unhappy we are, you know, the the thought of the uncertainty and yeah. the, you know, the not knowing and all of right. that can can really paralyze us. Right. It can be very paralyzing. But, you know, it's so interesting because I I learned this and, and Mel Robbins always talks about this and I love her. She's one of my favorites. But as I was getting ready to go out onto the stage to give the talk, I remember I remembered hearing that the feelings of pain and fear are also the same feelings as excitement, right? Mm-hmm. So you can process that nervousness and that fear as nervousness and fear, or you can process it as excitement. And I think on one level, what I try to do, and I still try to do this whenever I'm nervous or I'm afraid, I try to process whatever that new thing, stepping into that world of uncertainty, I try to say to myself, no, this is exciting. You know, this is an opportunity. This is a this is a way for me to not be afraid to go out and be alone, but to go out and find yeah. the things that I want in my life again. It's like letting go for renewed hope and possibility. But you've got to have the ground under your feet to look at it that way. You've got to have that big wild love piece to know that there's something to be excited for because now you know that it's not only available, but you deserve it. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm thinking about the women, you know, in our community going through transitions, things like divorce and, you know, in a lot of cases, or, you know, even, even the smallest breakup is a bit of trauma, but Sure. There are very traumatic situations that many of us have have gone through or are going through. And that Mm -hmm. instinctual feeling of like holding on tight and protecting yourself and gripping and defending. And, you know, there's like that cocooning and really kind of pulling yourself inward. Yeah. Can you speak to that level and how you begin to break that down? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I think that is a very, very normal part of the process of letting go. And I have actually built that into my process. Mm. But I mean, we're, you know, we're hardwired physiologically for safety. Yeah. So of course, when we've been traumatized on any level, our instinct is to, you know, throw our arms around ourselves and be very self-protective. And I know that, you know, when I left my relationship after 12 years, which was my entire life, I mean, I spent a lot of time on the sofa in front of Lifetime Television eating a lot of deep dish pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Pizza, ice cream. (laughs) It was not pretty, Jen, for a very long time. But I think, I think that's all part of it. I think, first of all, we have to say, you know, this is normal. This is normal for me to want to be in a self-protective place and to say, 
you know what? It's okay to be here. It's an important place to be. I need to be quiet. I need to be in the open space of this feeling and process, you know, what just happened and what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and what I need to take away and the lessons that I need to learn from that experience. And I also think people need to spend this time re-looking at the limiting beliefs because so many times when we come out of a traumatic experience, we're either dealing with some resurgent limiting beliefs that we may have gotten rid of, or we've got some new limiting beliefs. Like maybe I went into this marriage and I thought marriage was going to be all these things. And now here I am. And it was none of those things. And you know what? I'm never doing this again because all men are bad and marriage is stupid. Like that's a new limiting belief that needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. And it's really coming back to that grounding place of self-love. And if there, if that grounding place does not exist, then that space and time is when it's, it's time to start cultivating that big wild love and really starting to understand how did I find my way to this situation? And what does this trauma mean for me? And, and how am I ultimately going to move forward and let go of it so I can have the things that I want in my life? And I, and I always say this too, is if, you know, you're really struggling with that trauma. I mean, there's, there's no shame or nothing wrong with getting help. Uh, strong yeah. people get help. So if you need to move through that with the help of a therapist, that's that's great. I mean, that's perfectly wonderful. You should do that because I think it's all about looking at that trauma and saying, I'm not going to let this trauma take me down. I'm going to feel it and spend time with it and, and you know throw as many blankets around myself as I can. But at a certain point, I'm going to start to believe that there's more for me out there and I'm going to pick myself up and learn how to let go of this trauma and process it in a way that serves me and doesn't take me down. Yeah, it's like this willingness to mm -hmm. sit in that discomfort, the willingness to let yourself be in pain and hurt and feel all of that. So powerful. You know, it's funny, I just put up a post on my Facebook and Instagram about this. But a million years ago, I actually did a I was the weight loss diarist for shape magazine. So I wrote a column for 12 months about basically documenting my weight loss journey. I actually put my weight in a magazine 12 times, which was, I think was like one of the bravest things I ever did. <laughs> um, so Shape was so kind as to give me access to a psychologist each month for an hour, just to talk through some of the changes and things that were going on for me as I was losing weight and my you know body image issues and all those things. And we talked a lot about loss, which was really interesting. And one of the things that she said to me that I never, ever forgot, Jen, was she said, you know, so many times people in the face of loss, which, of course, when you let go of something, you know, even if it's for the better, you're still incurring a loss mm -hmm. of sorts. Yeah. You know, so many times people rush to fill that void and so they go back into a wrong relationship or they go back into a situation or they quickly rush into things or they they buy things or they start to eat or they drink or they smoke or whatever it is that they do to fill that empty space rather than take the time to sit in it. But sitting in that empty space is actually a far more productive and self-serving way forward because otherwise 
you're just going to keep doing the same things over and over. So you really do. I call it the tunnel of pain. You know, we, we all, those of us stuck wherever we are, for me, it was in relationship for someone else that might be post relationship, not wanting to let go of the past or the trauma that they got. And as a result of that relationship, but we, we stand in front of this tunnel and we stare at it and, you know, we're afraid to go into it because it's dark and it's cold and there's all kinds of rodents and we don't know if we're going to get out or to the light, but and we look for ways around it, but there's no way around it. The only way to the other side of that painful tunnel is just straight through. You've got to go through it. It's so true. And I love that metaphor, the tunnel of pain. That is, mm-hmm. I mean, exactly what it is. So right. I'm going to take a quick break here. And then when we get back, I just want to go into, you know, first of all, how somebody knows when it's time to start taking themselves out of that tunnel, right? Like start letting the light come in. And then let's get into the how for our listeners. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Jill Sher Murray. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We're back with Jill Shara Murray, and we are talking about letting go and what it means and how to do it. So we were talking about this tunnel of pain that you really, you just have to go through. You could kind of go around it a million times and try, but there's no other way but finally going through it, right? And so how do you know, you know, are there signs or signals that maybe it's time that you can sort of start you know, opening toward the light and letting yourself come out the other side. Absolutely. There are signs. And, you know, one of the big signs, and actually the first step in a, in a process that I've created for this is having an epiphany. So what do I mean by that? It's, it's having that really big aha moment where you just can't turn back. Mm-hmm. So there's a moment that happens in relationships. And we, you know, like I will say, I had many, many epiphanies along the way in my relationship, little ones that would say to me, like, kind of wake me up a little bit like, uh Oh, you know, this isn't going to happen. But then I would go on, I would go back because I wasn't ready for those epiphanies. I wasn't ready to do anything about them until I had the big monster one I talk about on my talk, where I was like, that's it. I can't, I can't unsee this. Mm -hmm. I have to really acknowledge it. And I think we start to have those things because we start to feel in our bodies that something is wrong, or we start to look out in the world at other people and the things that they have. And we say, gosh, you know, I'd really like to have that. Like when I saw my friends getting married and I thought, well, I'm never going to get married. Like, and, and suddenly that got bigger for me and it wasn't me comparing myself to them, but it, you know, if it was something I didn't really want, it wouldn't have mattered. So right. it was really knowing that that's something I really wanted to do and that it just wasn't going to happen in my current situation. And then there's always that feeling inside of our guts where we know the truth. 
we just know the truth and we're doing some self-rationalization or we're allowing other people's voices to rise above our own. But I do think we always hold the answers. And so when that epiphany happens, we have to be ready for it and open for it so that we can see all these things and read all these things and then think, you know, okay, it's time. It's really time for me to start this process of letting go. I love how you distinguish between like the little, the little knowings, like the little voice, the, the little, you know, whisperings, right. To that right. big epiphany. Cause you really, once you have that, that big one, you really can't go back. You can't, uh, like you said, you can't unsee what you've seen, right. You can try, but it gets really uncomfortable. And that is the, that is the truth inside of you screaming its way out. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, really kicking and screaming. I always say it's like you're trying to hold that beach ball down in your gut and you keep pushing it down. But one day it just comes right up through your windpipe and grabs your throat and just starts to choke you that you've, you've got to get it out. You've got to look at it. And yeah. hopefully, you know, you don't get to that place. But I think human nature or so many people, so many of us that if you have the big wild love, you don't really get to that point of desperation because you know along the way to stay very connected to your own self and your own instincts and to let your own voice and your own truth rise above the fold, even if it's hard. Mm -hmm. So many of us struggle with that, that it does require us to really push up to that place of this epiphany. I mean, the wonderful thing about that is you know, when you allow that epiphany in, that's the beginning of the big wild love. That's the beginning of, you know what? I'm going to give myself the gift of this epiphany yeah, and open my eyes to it and listen to it and take action on it. And then from there, I think if you're really going through this consciously, then you do start to tune into those little whisperings more easily, like you said, because then you're in this process of, self-love and, and tuning in and being conscious and all of that stuff. Yeah. You start to become very present to the things that have most likely always been there. Yeah. Yeah. You have a new sort of openness and willingness to take them in. Yeah. Beautiful. So how, right? Like how, 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 how do I do it? How do I let go? That's the big question. And I, and I will say to this question, you know, there is no magic bullet here. There isn't, there is a way forward, you know, letting go is the way back and the way forward to yourself. But how is infinitely possible if you're willing to do the work and the process that I have created that I talk about in, in my work and in the book I have coming out is is really involves six steps. The first step is the epiphany. So you've got to have that epiphany moment. You've got to have that very deep knowing sense that it's time I need to move forward. And so you have this epiphany, but you know, epiphanies, even for the best of reasons have consequences. So that's when in the second step, I call it the aftermath. It's really where you deal 
with the consequences of that epiphany. So that's the lost place. That's the, you know, I say feel and deal, right? Mm. So that's where maybe the trauma that's keeping you stuck is, and you're feeling that need to be self-protective and you're, you're in that tunnel and you're sad and you're grief stricken and you're going through all these changes. This is the time in the process to really spend there to feel all the things you need to feel so that those feelings don't manifest themselves in less than ideal ways going forward in other relationships. And you really need to take this moment to look back at the relationship and see how you got there. What were the limiting beliefs that put you there? And what are the lessons you can take, which also means looking at your own role in that relationship, because there it takes two to tango. Nobody is ever 1000% at fault. There's always two people involved and two people who are doing their best, but are making mistakes. So you've got to take responsibility, accountability for your own. And I think once you move through that step, the third step is, and this is such an easy, Jen, but such a powerful question. And it's one I ask myself all the time, especially when I'm stuck, which is what do you want? Mm. What do you want? And I worked really hard to find a statistic for this when I was writing my book, and I found a statistic that says that one in 100 people knows what they want. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It's like you walk out of your house without a destination. Where do you think you're going to wind up? You're going to get somewhere entirely by default. Most likely, if your motivation is the limiting beliefs that are just on autopilot kind of operating like a dull hum under in your in your mind, uh-huh. you're going to wind up someplace you just don't want to be. And then yeah. you're going to say, how did get here? Yeah, it's like li- you're living by default, right? Like you're just, it's like, yeah, wow. Completely living by default. So you have to know what you want. And this is such a powerful step. And I use it every day. Like sometimes I have a friend who's in a relationship and she just, she does things. And sometimes I find myself like spinning and spinning. And I'm like, oh, why doesn't this person do this? And then I stop myself and I'll say, Jill, what do you want? Why are you spending so much time on this other person's Mm, stuff? I love that. Are you trying to take yourself away from something hard that you have to do Mm. or that you have to work through or think about? Wow, that's powerful. And Right. And if you ask the question and you hold what you have up against the answer, it's very obvious to see. And I think that's why a lot of people don't ask it because they don't want to know. I'm nowhere near what I really want. I wasn't. I wanted to get married. I wanted commitment and love long term and someone to care about whether the garage door worked as much as I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I held up. What I wanted next to what I had. It was so clear that they they were there was a gap. Yeah. And that was very scary. Mm hmm. So we don't ask that question enough. So that's my third, third step. And the fourth step is once you know what you want, what are your options for getting there? Because we're all in a different place. So for me, I mean, I, I had a five-year-old golden retriever. That was the only thing that was reliant upon me at that time. So I could have gone anywhere in the world, but that may not be the case. So if there's someone who in the wake of divorce wants to move forward, wants to find love again, wants to set up a new life in a new city, but maybe has kids or other obligations, you know, it's in the context of your life, knowing what you want, how do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. And being willing to create the steps, right? Like say you have kids and what you want to do is live in Europe, right? Like 
you can still want that and just create the steps to get there, which might take a couple of years, but you can right. still make that pathway. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the fifth step, now that you know what you want and how you're going to get there, what else do you need to let go of? Mm. Because I let go of, you know, my, my boyfriend, I let go of my home in Chicago. I let go of all those things, but I, I had to also let go of the new limiting belief that at 41, maybe I was too old to find love again. Mm, yeah. Maybe my better days were behind me. And I also had to let go of the old limiting belief I thought I already let go of, which was that I had to be a perfect size six to go back out into the dating world. Yeah. It's really looking at like, what else do you need to let go of so you can go out into this new life unencumbered by those things mm-hmm. so they don't get in your way and derail you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then the last step is taking it all and putting it into a documented plan. Now I've spent 30 years in corporate America, so I can't help myself, but I do think, and I've learned in my research that when we document things, they give us a place to keep track. They give us something tangible to hold on to when, when doubt strikes and it will, they keep us accountable. So I'm a huge proponent of documenting that plan because there were so many times in my own journey when if I had, didn't have that documented plan to hold in my hand and look at and keep me moving forward, I might not have done that. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget, right? Like even the most brilliant aha moments that we feel are so life-changing, you know, sometimes we forget, you know, we right. lo- we lose them. We lose our connection to them. So I love that, the documented plan. Absolutely. With, with you know, what was the epiphany moment and like, what's the goal? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I used to tell people like, I know people who buy that chalkboard paint, you know, and they like paint a wall somewhere and they just, they write it down there. I love that. <laughs> You know, they're looking at it and it's, it's similar to the concept of the vision board, you know, except that it's so it's just simple. It's like they take a beautiful notebook and just write it down. Mm-hmm. Here's my epiphany moment when I realized this is why and this is what I want. This is the thing I want. And whenever that urge to settle or let an old limiting belief come in and drag me back down hits, I just need to remind myself, nope, this is what I'm going for. Not this. This is awesome. Yeah. I mean, truly awesome. Like, I I mean, I'm looking forward to even just going through this today in my own life with certain things that, you know, I feel like you can do this with business, with friendships, with love, with whatever, right? So thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Hey, hard won, you know, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it work and I, I use it in my own life every single day. It always brings me back to ground zero. It always reminds me of who I am and what I want and what I deserve and what I know to be true about what's out in the world for me. And, you know, once you get this process down, it really, it really is freedom. I love it. It's all about freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So we have to wrap up, but you know, just from your heart, what becomes possible for our listeners when they let go? Oh my God. I, I really truly believe this, Jen, that letting go 
you can really have the things you want in life. And if you have this tool that allows you to pull yourself up out of the quicksand, Mm. you know, and see just the big world in front of you and really like name and claim the things you want and believe that you deserve to have them. It's, it's just transformative. It's just really transformative. I mean, I look at my life today and I never dreamed that I would, you know, have the things I have. And, you know, my life is not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. You know, we have a 100% failure rate of perfection. (laughs) But the things that I have in my life, you know, I always say to people when they come in my house, like I have nothing in my house that I don't love. (laughs) And that's, that's what I think letting go does for us. And even those things that we have to keep in our quote house, I wish you could see me, but you can't, that we have to keep, you know, we learn, we learn how to use this process to have peace with them. Right. And so it's really freedom. It's really very freeing. It's really very freeing. And I hope people will do it. I know it's, I know it's hard and everybody's journey is different, but this. Yeah, I hope so too. Amazing. Yeah. So how can our listeners follow up with you after today? Oh, well, that would be that would be wonderful. I would love to hear from them. You can go to my website at letgoforit.com and subscribe. Please subscribe. I have so many really cool things coming down the pike. I'm developing an online program. I have a book coming out in May, which is available for pre-order now on Amazon. It's called Big Wild Love, The Unstoppable Power of Letting Go, which is the name of my talk. You can watch my talk at my website or on YouTube. You can, you know, connect with me on social media at Let Go For It on Facebook and Instagram. And I mean, if you Google me, you'll probably see a bazillion things. But I really I would love to hear from people who are struggling or who have, you know, won the struggle or are doing great. So that would be fantastic. You're amazing. Thank you, Jen. I so love chatting with you. I think Worthy is amazing. I think it's just brilliant that you can take this thing that symbolizes something that was once was and use the benefits of that to create what can be. So I love Worthy and I'm just, I'm honored and thrilled to be with you and your sweetheart. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you Worthy community for listening. We will see you next week. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.